Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. You know, I think there's something so special about being able to gather, being able to worship, and, and being able to pray and, and push into God's Word together. And so... I'm stoked that you're all here this morning. I'm stoked that we get to do that together. But hey, last week, Andrew started us off on a new series called The Invitations from Jesus. And Andrew unpacked Jesus' invitation for us to follow him. You know, invitations are special, right? Invitations make us feel valued. They make us feel cared for. And and they can come in a whole variety of different forms, right? You can have physical invitations where you hand someone a wedding invitation or a birthday invitation, or you can even just have like verbal invitations, right? When you ask someone to be a part of something, you ask someone to come and help you move or come and help you do the dishes or something like that. Invitations in all forms make us feel thought of. Now, sometimes if it's an invitation to do the dishes, you might not want to be thought of, but invitations make us feel thought of, they make us feel loved, and they're an expression of friendship. And so the God who flung stars into space, the perfect Son of God, extends a personal invitation to every one of us. He invites us into a significant relationship with Him. Jesus' invitation speaks of His love and His care for us. He wants to be close to us. He wants to be part of our lives. Jesus' invitation is always good. He invites us to a fuller, richer, healthier, and better life in Him. And so this morning as we continue on this series of invitations, I want to talk to us today about Jesus' invitation for us to find refreshment in Him. Right? Jesus invites us to be refreshed. And when I say the word refresh, I wonder, I wonder what it makes you think of. I reckon for most of us, for a bunch of us, the word refresh makes us think of a nice cold drink of water that quenches thirst, right? I wonder, I wonder if for others of us, the word refresh actually makes us think of that feeling after you've woken up from a, post-nap, a post-lunch nap, right? You're well rested, your belly's well fed, that's the experience of being refreshed. I wonder if for some of us, especially our younger ones, if the word refresh actually means, you know, when you're scrolling down on your phone, you're refreshing your phone, you're refreshing your recommended videos and your news feed, hoping that something cool is going to pop up and grab your attention. But I reckon regardless of what you think refresh means, the word refresh carries a similar meaning to all of us. It signifies a moment of rest when our needs are met so that we can continue on, right? Refresh signifies a moment of rest when our needs are met so that we can continue on. A refreshment is the giving of fresh strength or energy. Now, I reckon we can all think of times in our lives when we would say we were dying of thirst, right? Maybe, maybe, not, maybe we're not literally dying of thirst, although in that moment, it feels like you are actually dying of thirst. I don't know what that moment looks like for you. Maybe it's after a workout, right? Maybe it's after going for a long run. Maybe it's after playing sport outside. But when I think of the moments that I've been dying of thirst, it's, it's generally when I'm out mowing the lawn, right? I'm mowing the lawn. I've got a hill in my property at the moment now, so it's a hard hill to push the lawnmower up. The sun's beating down on me. I'm starting to work up a sweat. The grass clippings are going everywhere. They're sticking to me. I hate it. They're making me all itchy. I'm getting aggravated. I'm uncomfortable. I'm dirty, and I'm dying of thirst. I don't know if any of you have had that experience, but in that moment, what I do is I simply, I just go inside, 
I walk to the fridge, and because I know in the fridge I'm going to find refreshment. I'm going to find a nice cold glass of water, or if you're like me and you're a little bit fancy, you might find some Mount Franklin lightly sparkling lime water. And I know that in this can I'm going to find refreshment. Right? So you open the tab and listen to this. Oh. You can hear the refreshment sizzling out of it, right? And so you take a big long sip. And in that moment, you feel refreshed. In that moment of cold water, you feel refreshed. Actually, this is quite warm, so I'm not going to drink the rest of it right now. But imagine it was cold, and in that moment, you feel refreshed. But the issue is with water is that after that moment of refreshment, you're going to get thirsty again. Right? Humans can live, here's some facts for you, humans can live on average over a month without food. Humans have sometimes lived over 11 days without sleep, but on average, a human can only live for three days without water. Water refreshes us, but it isn't a lasting refreshment. We need to keep drinking water in order to stay refreshed. You know, if we look in the book of Numbers, we can see that after their exodus from Egypt, the Israelites are growing thirsty. You know, God has rescued them from Egypt. He's rescued them from slavery. He's delivered them. He's promised them land. They've been without food, and he provided food, literally bread falling from heaven. And so they come to a place now where they're thirsty. There's no springs in the land. There's no streams. There's no water. And so the Israelites, they begin to complain. And so in the book of Numbers, we read in chapter 20, Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness, that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grains or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out, and their community and their livestock drank. You know, when I read this story, I think, I think it's a little bit crazy for the Israelites to be complaining and grumbling so much, right? God has literally just delivered them from slavery. He's literally had bread fall from the heavens to provide for them. And yet at the first moment of difficulty, the Israelites are pointing fingers and and blaming Moses and and blaming God for all of their their issues as if God bringing them out out into freedom was a great curse. And yet God, despite their grumbling, despite their complaining, is still compassionate in this moment. God still provides water for them to drink. And not just them, for their livestock to drink as well. And so when I look at that compassion that that God showed the Israelites there, I can't help but notice the similarity between the compassion when Jesus died on the cross for us. You know, Jesus is the rock that was struck for you. Right when we were lost, when we were wandering, he bore the pain of our sin and shame. He is the living water who refreshes us. 
just like the rock refreshed the people of Israel. And Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Now in the wilderness, God provided refreshment for his nation. And today, right now, for you and for me, God has already provided refreshment through the sacrifice of his son and through the outpouring of his Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost. You know, we see in John 7, in John 7 we see Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles sounds awesome, right? The Feast of Tabernacles is essentially a seven-day long feast, just eating and celebrating for seven days. We don't do that anymore, but if we did, I would be 100% in. Right, and so as part of the Feast of Tabernacles, the Pharisees have got this little um, water-drawing ceremony that they perform each day in order to pray for rain to replenish their crops and to, and to replenish their sources. And so each day, the Pharisees will grab a golden vessel and they will walk down to the Pool of Siloam. You know, Siloam is a, is a sacred pool for these people. It's fed by a nearby stream, so the water's always drinkable. The water's always clean and sacred. This is where they do their ritual bathing. This is where Jesus heals the blind man in another story, right? So it's a sacred pool. And because of its freshness, because of its cleanliness, because of its drink, drinkingness, because they can drink from it, they call this pool the living water. And they call this type of water the living water. And so the Pharisees, they come down to the pool of Siloam and they fill up their golden vessels with the living water and they walk it back up to the temple and they pour it over the altar, now, the ceremony would happen each morning of the feast after the daily sacrifice, and it was accompanied by trumpets and singing. It was accompanied by fanfare. So each day it would happen. Each day the fanfare would grow in level. And we don't really do these sorts of ceremonies anymore, but when I think of the celebration, when I think of that joy, the picture I get in my mind is kind of like a New Year's Eve party, right? Where everyone's excited for what's to come. Everyone's expectant for what the new year is going to, ha- what the new year is going to bring for them. And so they come with joy. They come with expectation. And that's just how the people are in this ceremony right now. It brought great joy to the people. It happened daily during the festival with each day bringing more joy and celebration. And we pick the story up in John chapter 7, in verse 37. It says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That's powerful. You know, John goes on, to express in the next couple of verses that the, the living water, the rivers of living water, is actually the Holy Spirit at work in his people, but the Holy Spirit hasn't yet been given to his people. And so I want us to picture this, right? Jesus is at this, this important ceremony where they're praying to God for rain. He's at this important ceremony where there's joy and there's celebration, and right at the height of the ceremony, Jesus gets up and says, hold on, hold on. You don't need to do this anymore. If you're thirsty, come to me. Right? This is crazy that Jesus says this. He says, if you need a drink, come to me, and I won't just replenish you for now. I will make you so that rivers of living water flow from within you. I will sustain you, and the rivers of water will flow. You know, in this moment, Jesus is inviting the people to be refreshed by him. They don't need to pray for rain. They don't need to do this water-drawing ceremony. They can come to him and be refreshed. But the catch is, even though Jesus is inviting them to this right now, 
He hasn't yet risen to glory. He hasn't yet died for their sins and and risen on the third day. And the Holy Spirit hasn't been poured out. So the invitation is more of like a save the date. It's more of a date clamor, right? Jesus is saying, hey, this is going to happen. Make sure you pop it in your calendar. Make sure you chuck it in your diary because you're not going to want to miss out. You see, Jesus knew that the people were thirsty and he knew that the Holy Spirit was coming to quench their thirst, to satisfy their spiritual drought. So he gave them hope and he gave them excitement about the joy and the fruitfulness that was to come in the future. And so today we get to live on the other side of that invitation, right? It's not a save the date anymore. The invitation is open to all of us. Jesus has died on that cross. Jesus has worn the sin and our shame, and he's taken it away. He's made us clean on that cross, and he's sent the Holy Spirit down to us to dwell with us. But I believe, I believe that still we live in a society today that's in a spiritual drought. You know, we search for things to quench our thirst, things that will bring satisfaction and, and fulfillment and joy, but I reckon so often those things can just be a distraction. You know, there's a time and place in our lives for, for physical and emotional rest, and it, there's times that we all need to do that. I'm gonna to touch on that in just a moment, but I wonder if instead of choosing to be spiritually refreshed by the Holy Spirit, some of us actually choose to disconnect from life in order to find that refreshment in the quietness of our own mind. You know, I think that's a trap. Because we don't find spiritual refreshment in the quietness of our own mind. We find it in the Holy Spirit. Now, on the other hand, I wonder if instead of choosing to be filled and spiritually refreshed by the Holy Spirit, instead of choosing to do that, if some of us actually choose to run a thousand miles an hour all the time saying that, hey, you know what, we'll be spiritually refreshed when we do this next job. Or we'll stop when we reach the finish line and that's when we'll allow our spiritual tanks to be filled. But the truth is is that we will only find spiritual refreshment in the Holy Spirit because it's harder to recognize a season of spiritual drought if you're too caught up in the busyness and the chaos of your everyday life that you actually end up disregarding the presence and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We will only feel spiritually replenished through the living water. But the good news is, right, is that Jesus has made a way for us all to be able to step into that because of his sacrifice, because he died on that cross, because he rose three days later, he's made us clean. He's cleansed all of us so that we can all be in a relationship with God. So Jesus' sacrifice means that anyone who wants to is able to accept his invitation of refreshment and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just like the disciples were in the day of Pentecost. So anyone is able to accept this invitation. But just, just like a wedding invitation requires an RSVP to say, hey, I'm going to be coming to that, Jesus' invitation to be refreshed also requires a response. We don't have to send anything physical to Jesus because that wouldn't make sense. But we do need to stop. We need to soak in his presence and we need to be sustained by him. We need to stop, soak, and be sustained. Now first, Jesus invites you to stop. First, we just need to stop. We need to rest. You need to pause and recognize the Holy Spirit and his presence that is with you. You cannot be refreshed by the living water if you don't first stop and take a sip, right? 
We can know all the right things. We can say all the right things. We can do all the right things. But unless we take that moment to stop and be refreshed, we're never going to find spiritual refreshment. And to help me illustrate this today, I'm going to actually get Jordan to come up and help me right now. So why don't you welcome Jordan up. Come, big round of applause. Now, Jordan looks like a, a fit, healthy young man. He looks like he can run well. He looks like he can do a lot of things well. But he's been on media all day. And so, Jordan, I think you look a little bit parched, right? Uh, you can stay down there. That's all right. I'm going to pour you some water, Jordan, because you look parched. Now, I reckon we all know that by just standing there, Jordan is more than capable of drinking this water. Right? Right? <laughs> Here you go, George. This is you. Now, I don't want you to drink it just yet because you're going to help me illustrate something. What we're, what we're illustrating is that you need to stop in order to be refreshed. And so I practiced this a little bit at home and it got a little bit messy. But Jordan, I want you to stand on this line right here, that white line right at the end. And what Jordan's going to do for us is Jordan's going to run all the way to the other white line as fast as he can. But the catch is, is that Jordan's going to try and refresh himself without stopping. Okay, so you've got to try and finish that whole cup of water until, before you get to the end and try not to spill any because we don't want to make a mess. But, mate, it's all up to you. You've got to help me illustrate this point. All the way to that white one, I want the glass finished, the cup finished, and I want you to do it as fast as you can. All right, George, I'll count you down from three. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> Well done. Did that feel refreshing? No. <laughs> it's mostly all over his shirt. Thanks, George. I'll have the cup, but you can go back down to your seat. Yeah, come on, let's give Jordan a round of applause. Thanks, Jordan. I, knew, I practiced that all day yesterday in my kitchen, trying to see if it was possible, if there was a way Jordan can, could trick it, but he couldn't. It's, it's impossible to drink while we're running. Right? You, you just can't do it. And I think it's the way that we've been created. You need to stop in order to be refreshed. There's something peaceful about stopping. Like if Jordan had stopped anywhere along this run, he would have been able to drink that water and continue the run. It wouldn't have ended up all over the floor and all over his shirt. There's something peaceful about stopping. But I think it's something that all of us struggle with in some way or another. I reckon some of us actually struggle with the process of stopping, right? That we're running too fast, we don't have time to stop, we don't want to stop. But then I reckon there's another boat of people who don't have an issue with stopping, but they actually have an issue with starting up again. Right? They actually have an issue with getting up on their feet and going again. And in the Psalm 23, David actually paints a beautiful picture of what it looks like to stop healthily. In Psalm 23, David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. You right, George? You back there? Awesome. It says... Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, before I continue to unpack what I think it looks like for us to stop, 
I just want to take a moment to, to distinguish between two words I'm going to use today, which is the word recovery and the word rest. I think these two words go hand in hand, and we all need to We all need to use them in order to live a healthy and a happy and a lifestyle to our highest capacity. And 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 the distinction's really simple. Recovery is simple because recovery simply means just recovering from life, right? So maybe you've had a couple of stressful days. Maybe you've had a couple of stressful weeks. You're feeling tired. You're not sleeping well. Our bodies and our minds all just need a moment to stop, to recover, to not do anything, to overcome tiredness, to reset our minds. It's why David writes in this psalm that he makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord makes him recover. Sometimes it's hard, but we need to stop. We need to allow the Lord to make us recover. Our bodies and our minds, they need to recover, but recovery needs to lead to rest. Rest is where our tanks are replenished. It's where we do the stuff that we love. It's where we find life and energy. It's when the passions of God align with what he has called us to do. Rest is where you find energy and life to continue. Rest is where you find the strength to push on. Maybe it's going for a walk in the morning. And maybe it's out tinkering in your shed that you find rest. Maybe it's at the beach. Maybe it's just spending quality time with the ones that you love. Recovery and rest, they go hand in hand. You can't properly rest unless you've had a period of recovery and resetting. However, it's so easy to get caught in a trap of just recovering, especially in the monotonous routine of life. Now, maybe you're going to work each day, you're going to school, you're going to university each day, and you just come home and you crash. And that's what your life is. You go to work, you come home, you crash. Progressing from the point of recovery to rest is hard because it often requires momentum. And so I wonder if there are people here this morning that feel like they're trapped in a season of recovery. You know the things that God has called you into. You know the things that God has called you to do, but you're too tired, you're too exhausted to actually get up and do them. Now, God makes us lie down in green pastures, But then he also picks us up and he leads us by quiet streams and that's where he refreshes our soul. He leads us into rest, but we need to be picked up. I reckon God is wanting to pick some of us up this morning. That God is wanting to lead us to rest. He's wanting to lead us towards the promises that he's spoken to you. You just need to stop and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you. Begin the journey and accept his invitation of refreshment. You know, once we've stopped, once we've found rest, once we're at peace with God, God invites us, or Jesus invites us, to soak in his presence. I love the word soak because I think it paints such a clear picture of what it looks like to actually soak in the presence of God, right? When I hear the word soak, I think of a sponge that's gone into a bucket of sudsy water, Right? And you, can't, you bring it back up and it's dripping. It's absolutely drenched with water. And I think that's how we're meant to look when we absorb the Holy Spirit. To absorb the Holy Spirit and become pliable in the hands of God means we have to soak in his presence. You know, I can remember um, as a kid, my family, my immediate family, we grew up in Cairns, right? But most of our extended family all lived down in Sydney. And so we would 
regularly go and visit them, but because there were six of us, and my dad was a pastor as well, and so we couldn't afford the plane tickets, so they would load all four of us kids up into the back of the car, and we would start the 30-hour drive down to Sydney. And this is, ah, so many great memories of these car trips. We never fought, it always went exactly to plan, right? This is a time before smartphones and, and tablets, and so we didn't have movies or anything to watch, at least in our family, we didn't. My parents were kind, Right, they gave us a book each. We all had a book to read. But the issue was is that we all got motion sickness every time we read a book. So there's absolutely nothing that we could do. And my dad's a little bit like me. So efficient, by the way. My dad's a little bit like me, efficient. And so we would get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and we would jump on the road before 4 and we wouldn't stop driving until 9 p.m. at night except for three stops, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay, so you can imagine is a, a car full of four kids, 17 plus hours a day in the car. This is just, this is wonderful. This is magic. This is why you have a family, right? <laughs> and so I can remember one in particular trip, uh, trip when I was maybe 10 or 12. Okay, we're heading down to Sydney. It's the second day of the trip. We've had one horrendous day already. And it's on this day that I learned a very valuable lesson. You know, I'm not... I'm not doing anything, we can't do anything. We may, maybe the family's playing I Spy, but I'm not playing with them because they're all a bunch of cheats. And so I don't want to play with them. So I'm bored, I've got nothing to do, and the only thing I've got with me is my bottle of water. And so unconsciously, I begin to fiddle with it, I begin to take a couple of sips, right? I finish one bottle of water. I grab another water, bo water bottle from the back, I finish another bottle of water. We stop for lunch. Like any good road trip, I have a Big Mac, I have a large glass of Coke, I don't need to go to the bathroom because I'm too young and I know that I'm not busting. And that's the lesson. I'll come back to that in just a moment. But we get back in the car. I finished my third uh, bottle of water. And it's at this point where I'm going to say I reached peak refreshment, right? <laughs> if there's a percentage, I'm like 110% like refreshed. But the issue is, is that we've just stopped for lunch. There's, we're not going to be stopping for another six hours. And so it's at this point I learn a very valuable lesson. Right? It's when I'm having to unrefresh myself into the bottle that I was once drinking from that I learn that humans aren't made to overflow with water. And if we do, it's actually not a very pleasant sight. But that's where the living water is different, right? Jesus says, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You are supposed to overflow with living water. You're not supposed to overflow with normal water, but the living water is different. Just like the sponge in the bucket, it absorbs the water of the bucket so much that once it's removed from the bucket, it's still soaked and water is dripping everywhere. In the same sense, you are called to be soaked in the Holy Spirit, to be dripping everywhere that you would go. You're invited to spend time with God, right? To remain in his presence, to pray, to read his words, to stay and respond in times of worship and praise. You need to soak in these moments and allow the Spirit to help you make it overflow into your everyday life. Being soaked in the Spirit means that when you're take, taken out of your quiet time, when you're taken out of that moment and worship with God, and when you're placed back into the busyness of everyday life, you are still in tune with the promptings and the voice of the Holy Spirit. You are dripping living water everywhere you go. Right? You've accepted the invitation to be refreshed. You yourself are refreshed, so much so that rivers of living water are flowing out from you, and you're actually inviting others to be refreshed as well. But to be entirely soaked in the presence of God, 
requires a rhythm that needs to be found daily. It's not something that's just accomplished week by week, Sunday by Sunday, by coming to church and and singing songs and, and opening the word together. To be soaked in his presence means you need to find a sustainable rhythm of refreshment. Jesus invites you to be sustained by his refreshment. Now every day we drink water and every day we get thirsty. There's something beautiful about this connection with water, this balance, this rhythm of water that God has given us, right? It's natural to feel thirsty. It's natural to feel parched. It's God's way of saying, hey, you need to drink up in order to survive. There's a beautiful story found in John 4 where it talks about what it looks like to drink of that water. We, call, we, we talk about this story all the time. It's, we call it the, the woman and the well, right? So Jesus is, Jesus is traveling, and um, they stop in a town in Samaria. Outside that town, there's a well. Jesus stops there, and he sends his disciples in to go and get food. But while Jesus is waiting there, a woman from Samaria comes in. This is where we pick the story up. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw from the well, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We're created to thirst, right? We thirst for water, we thirst for fulfillment, for power, for meaning. But Jesus' promise is that whoever drinks of the living water will never thirst again. Everyone is invited to drink of the living water. Just as Jesus invited the Samaritan woman to drink, you and I were both invited to drink of the living water as well and not grow thirsty ever again. We all thirst to be spiritually refreshed and the invitation is open to everyone. But sometimes we just get distracted, right? So often sin creeps into our lives and it and it stays there. Where the living water quenches our thirst, sin actually makes us thirstier. It's addictive. Sin actually keeps us searching for that spiritual refreshment. And that's why it's so important to find a sustainable rhythm of refreshment. When you're aligned with the Holy Spirit, when you drink from the living water, you do not grow thirsty, but the enemy will try and distract you away from the living water, and the enemy is persistent. A rhythm of refreshment is a regular reminder of what the living water tastes like. It fights off the enemy by creating sustainability, by creating regularity and and, and common times in the way that you spend with God. It's not just about a Sunday experience or a midweek life group. Being sustained by a regular refreshment of the Holy Spirit is a daily routine. And this morning, I want to encourage you to find your own regular rhythm of refreshment. 
Allow yourself to be sustained by the Holy Spirit by choosing to seek Him in all moments of your life. That Jesus invites you this morning to live in an abundant refreshment where you are sustained by Him. He invites all of us to be refreshed. We just need to accept and respond to His invitation. We just need to stop. We just need to soak in His presence and be sustained by His refreshment. Come on, why don't I pray for us this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you that in you we find refreshment. God, in you we find peace and and stillness. God, you are that cool drink of water when we're dying of thirst. God, we thank you that you sustain us. Lord, would you give us the strength to be able to stop? God, would you make us lie down in those green pastures but Lord then would you also help us to get up to walk by those streams to be refreshed to rest God would you help us to soak in your presence to absorb you would we be wells that overflow with the living water God we know that you're here right now We ask that you would fill our hearts. God, would you help us to soak in your presence, to absorb all that you are, so that when we leave this place, an overflow of living water springs out from us. God, we thank you that in you we find refreshment. We thank you that you are a refreshing God. We thank you that you make us to thirst and that you are the answer to our thirst. You are the quench to our thirst. I don't know about you, but I reckon this season, the last couple of months, I've just been feeling a bit depleted. I've been feeling a little bit spiritually empty. Something about the isolation, something about the changing nature, something about always needing to adapt that has made my regular rhythms of refreshment so much more important than I ever thought they would be. You know, today, for us, I kind of just... I get this picture of a, a phone or a computer that is that's stuck on a screen. Right, it's stuck, you can't, you can't change it, it's frozen, you've tried hitting that back button a couple of times, you've tried hitting the undo, command Z, control Z, nothing's working, you move the mouse and it kind of makes a screen all blurry, it's stuck and it's frozen. All you want to do is to continue, you want it to be unstuck, you want it to be unfrozen, but what you have to do is you have to click that refresh button. You have to allow the computer to stop and to reload. You know, it takes a moment to stop and, and sometimes it feels like you're going backwards because maybe you lose that last little, pit, last little bit of what you were doing, right? But the reality is you have to push that refresh otherwise there's no way of actually moving past that point. And so I wonder if there are people here this morning that are stuck or that are frozen in a season, frozen in the season that you walk through right now. It's like you continue to try and push through the stuckness, it's it's a new word, you try and push through the stuckness, through the tiredness, through the exhaustion, but nothing seems to be working. You fall into the monotony of life, caught between needing to do stuff and needing to recover from doing stuff. There's no progression past that point. You're caught in the trap and the vortex of recovery, and you're not finding fulfillment in that. 
And I reckon God is wanting to invite you to be refreshed this morning. God is wanting to pick you up from those green pastures. He's wanting to lead you by the still waters where you will be refreshed, to drink of the refreshing living water. He says, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. He's inviting all of us to stop, to soak in his presence and be sustained by his spirit. He wants to refresh you. He wants you to overflow with living water. He wants rivers of water to flow from within you. He wants you to be soaked in his presence. So this morning, we're going to We're going to sing a song, a song that we don't actually sing here all that often. But the lyrics to this song say, Come, all who are thirsty, come to the altar. Find refreshment in the death and the forgiveness and the life of God. So if you're here this morning and, and you recognize that maybe you have been caught in that trap of recovering, that you're not progressing, you're not being refreshed by His Spirit, and instead you're trying to find that refreshment in the stillness of your own mind, Right, you're trying to numb your own mind and find this peace and the stillness there. I reckon God is wanting to call you to be refreshed this morning. So I want to invite you to come down to the altar. I want you to invite you to come down to the front in a, in a spaced way, obviously. But I want you to come down to the front and allow these words of this song to wash over you. Allow them to refresh your spirit. I'm actually not going to get the prayer team to come and join you or anything like that because I reckon this is a, a moment between you and God where you just need to be refreshed by His Spirit, where you need to allow Him to pick you up and to lead you by those still waters. You need to allow Him to refresh you. And so if that's you this morning, if you need to be refreshed, God is inviting you to come to stop and soak in His presence right now. He's inviting you to be refreshed. So as we sing this next song, why don't you come up the front and do just that? We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.